From American Falls to Milan, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan K. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, talking everything District 5 week in, week out. I'm Brandon Bainey, joined by Jordan K. from the Idaho State Journal in Pocatello. Jordan, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So you can uh, get this podcast in a number of different ways. You can get the audio only each week by going to our website, idahosports.com. Across the uh, top of the navigation bar on the homepage, there's a little drop-down menu with all of our prep casts. You just click on Southeast Idaho Prep Cast, and there's a player right there on the page. You can listen to it. Uh, You can download this podcast wherever you download your podcasts, except for Google right now. Google uh, messed something up on their end, and we're trying to get it figured out so everyone else besides google podcasts uh you can also check out the video each week on the idahosports.com youtube channel as well as our facebook page i always try to incorporate one video specific element jordan it looks like you got a new haircut oh yeah you know it's a great clip special in pocatello <laughs> the great clip special you hey. know what i'm i'm too i'm too cheap to go pay for a haircut uh so my wife does it <laughs> That's smart. I, I got clippers. I actually did it once in college and it, it turned out so bad that I had to wear a hat the next day and go straight after class to uh, to the haircut place. So I learned my lesson once. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's kind of funny. My wife uh, cuts my hair probably like once a month and we have the yeah. same routine, right? A two on top and a three yeah. on the beard. Well, this last time she got it mixed up. She did a three <laughs> on top and a two on the beard. So it like really took off a lot. And, um, my wife says she feels creepy when, uh, when I'm like really clean shaven because I have such a young looking face. <laughs> She's like, no, we can't have that. That makes me feel weird. So <laughs> <laughs> you need to start getting carded everywhere you go. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, let's transition into uh district five athletics. Yeah. So I, I hope every show I feel like is going to be the Brandon Bainey apology tour. Right. So sure. Two weeks ago, I had to apologize for excluding Hunter Killian from our list of top 10 linebackers, right? Pocatello fans, yeah. uh, rightfully so. We're like, hey, where's our guy Hunter Killian? All right, this week I have to apologize because last week on the show when we were talking about uh, Class 2A, District uh-huh. 5, um, I forgot in my head that some of the teams in that conference had made the playoffs. In fact, every single team from that league made the playoffs. I did too. I did, I did too. So don't, don't feel bad. Cause I went a couple days ago and was looking through the, the two a state bracket and I'm going up and down the list. I'm like, did every team make it? Like it was, I just didn't remember that. I don't know if it's cause you know, there's so many teams from, you know, district five or just the way the bracket shook you up, but it was very weird. I was with you on that. Yeah. And well, and it, it turned out that, I mean, you had two of them playing each other in, in the, you know, in the first round, Aberdeen played Soda Springs and yeah. then um, Bear Lake made it in as an at-large team. Uh, obviously West side made it in and, and um, Malad as well. So yeah, that was, uh, that was my bad because yeah, it was like, with you, I kind of forgot they, they do that first weekend of games where not everybody is playing, right? Some teams get buys and some don't. And so in my mind, I'm always thinking about the quarterfinals on. And so, yes, yeah, it was not in the right headspace. And uh, some folks uh, in the comments, let us know, hey, what's up with that? And, but we want that. So bring it on. I probably say a lot of things that are wrong sometimes. And so, yeah, because I mean, those are almost like uh, those first round ones where, 
it's almost a de facto playing game at yeah, some level. More. So, I mean, technically you're in the playoffs, but realistically, I mean, unless you get to the quarterfinals, I don't know how how much you, you really count that, but you know, I guess it counts. Yeah, it definitely does. It's just, yeah, in my head, I had, I wasn't really sure. thinking about the, the So, so anyways, I love it. I love the interaction from the fans. So please let us know if there, if there's things that uh, you think we got wrong or things that you want us to talk about, uh, let us know in, in the comments, or you can send me an email as well. My email is Brandon at idahosports.com and let us know because we want that fan interaction. We want, we want people talking. So yeah. it's definitely well received. Uh, one last thing on that. I think, what happened last year in two a football is it was kind of an unusual year where the teams up North really mm-hmm. didn't get to play a full schedule because of COVID-19. Yeah. And so only one team from up North actually made it last year. And I think because of that district five was able to, to, to get some of those bids that maybe would have gone to other conferences, but. Gotcha. Yep. That, that makes more sense. I was trying to remember the reasoning for it, but yeah. Yep. So anyways, uh, last week we talked about, uh, obviously to a district five football. And we talked about Highland and Pocatello because those yeah. were places you had gone. You have visited a few more football camps this week. Where have you been? Went to uh snake river, Blackfoot century. And then this week going to hit uh, Marsh Valley, Aberdeen and American falls. So looking forward to those. Awesome. Yeah. Th- that's going to be really exciting. So let's talk about uh, let's, let's start with snake river. They yeah. are, I mean, they're really good year in, year out. Coach Harrison does a tremendous job there. What what was the uh, the vibe like at Snake River Camp? Well, it's interesting because they return their quarterback in Cole Gilbert, but they lose one of their biggest playmakers in wide receiver Trey Poulter, who is just this like six foot three, six foot four beast. I just remember him in basketball season, a long, lengthy kid. And he was kind of, you know, Cole's main target. So without him, I just don't know if Snake River is going to throw the ball as much. You know, they, they do run the wing tee with, uh, you know, Coach Harrison's offense. And so, you know, I kind of expect them to kind of have more of a ground game and, and really try and pound the ball a little more. And then, you know, once it's run, 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 catch the defense a little off guard. And all of a sudden, you know, you got Cole Gilbert with a massive arm who can load up and, and fire to one of his targets. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a different Snake River this year. But like you said, I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Their division is pretty wide open. You would have to think that they're the favorites again to come out of District 5. What do you think? I, I think uh, between them and Marsh Valley, I, th- yeah. I think Marsh Valley has a lot of good, solid athletes, and yeah. you'll see that next week when you, when well, you go visit them. I know uh, you know Michael Belknap was one of the best linebackers in the area. He's going to be a senior. I think he had like 88 tackles and interception last year. I mean, just during basketball season, he looked like a linebacker. He's built – pretty pretty sturdy and so i think he's probably going to anchor that defense and then it's just you know can the offense kind of live up to that but yeah no that's uh i think everyone is sort of circling that marsh valley snake river game and it's like you know if all things go accordingly that's going to be the game that decides the district so i i believe it's the second or third to last week of the season so you know they got some time but that that one's probably going to be the uh the deal breaker yeah, uh, Marsh Valley, you know, they they have a lot of guys that go both ways. So Belknap also plays running back, and he yeah. rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. Peyton Howe is yep. a great wide receiver. DB Roche, the quarterback, has been getting yep. some college looks. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Snake River, 
they did they did advance to the playoffs last year and then they had to play a really good Kimberly team out of the gate. How does Snake River take that next step where yeah, we won our conference, but we want to compete with the other teams, the other district champs in 3A football? Yeah, and a lot of it, you know, that's the weird thing about the 3A. It's not like you can have this one guy. You know, last year it happened a little bit with Poulter, but you're not going to have this one guy who's just going to all of a sudden turn the tides of an entire program. So the big thing now is, okay, you know, Jeb Harrison's been there for a while. How do you get every guy on the same page? How do you get them to, you know, line up every down, knowing exactly what the details are of every play and to run the wing tee to precision every play? And so that was one of the things that Cole Gilbert was talking about. He's like, hey, I'm a senior now on this team. I- I've got to be the one who's going to lead. I've got to be the one who notices, who knows what every position is doing, understands the intricacies of the offense, and can point out like, hey, you know, we're not doing this crisp enough. We're not doing this crisp enough. And to make sure that there's not those, you know, lapses or mistakes or mental errors at all during a game, they could, you know, maybe cost Snake River a game. And that may be the the deciding factor when it comes playoff time. So, you know, it's not going to be this one thing. They're not going to, you know, try to tweak the entire offense, not going to, you know, rebuild their defense. It's all about like, we have our system, we have our guys. How do we make sure everything is just crisp? And that's going to be the the one thing I think Snake River has to focus on. Yeah, it'll be interesting. That I, I think three A this year statewide is pretty wide open. I mean, you've yeah. got well, except know. except for Sugar Salem, maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, really? they, they 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 did they did lose a lot of players, and yeah. they 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 always seem to just reload instead of rebuild. Yeah. Um, but but even last year, I mean, the gap between them and everybody else is pretty close. I mean, Homedale is a player two away from winning the yeah. state championship game. Homedale is going to be good. Weezer is going to be good. Timberlake. Yeah. I, I think that might be one of the more wide open uh, classifications all, all year long. The the polls, I think, will ch- change quite a bit week to week in 3A football. But yeah, it's you don't have the, you know, the two the West side, I guess. Um, right. So, yeah, that will be a. Which, you know, will be interesting for District 5 because, you know, historically it's not like they've dominated that conference. It's a lot of times been some of the schools from, you know, further north or Idaho Falls. So, you know, perhaps this is the year the train kind of gets rolling in the right direction. Yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch as the season unfolds. Okay, so you went to Blackfoot as well. It's It's weird, right? Blackfoot is so close to District 5, but they are in District 6, quote yeah. unquote, even though they and snake river are just miles apart, but what, what have you seen from Blackfoot? Yeah. You know, the, the big question there is like, how do you replace Tegan Thomas? You have this guy who rushed for 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns was a first team all state guy. How do you, how do you replace him? And so their thing is like, you know, we have, we're not going to do it with one guy. We're going to have multiple people, around um i think their quarterback is uh jace jackson grimmett jace grimmett one of the brothers uh, it's switched up yeah so J- jace uh was the quarterback last year he yes. graduated so his brother jackson, jackson. Mm-hmm. yes and so so he's you know had real reigns of the jv offense last year so now this year you bring him up to to varsity and you know luckily for them they've got you know perhaps who could turn into one of the better playmakers in the state in javante king you know, six foot five, six four, something like that. I mean, is going to get just ridiculous offers for basketball if he keeps everything going the way he can. And you know, 
a lot of the coaches there think that he's just as good at football if he kind of applies himself and really decides like, hey, you know, I, I want to just be the best at this. And so that's going to be a nice weapon for Blackfoot. And, you know, perhaps if they need a playmaker instead of Tegan Thomas, perhaps it's Javante King. But, you know, they, they've got guys um, at different positions. I mean, you look at you know, Bowen Robinson on the defense. I mean, he was, I think, uh, a first-team All-State guy at almost like 70 tackles last year. So he's going to kind of be the anchor of the defense. And, you know, I think there's a lot of high hope for Blackfoot, especially in that div- division where they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's it's interesting with Blackfoot. The the schedule that they have is going to be pretty challenging. I believe they play Skyline pretty quickly out of the gates um, when you look at Blackfoot's schedule. I, I think it's really going to come down to Blackfoot and Skyline in yeah. District 6. Skyline, of course, the defending four eight state champs. Yeah, they yes. play on September 17th. That's that's really early for a game that could decide that district. Yeah, it's not like the the Marsh Valley Snake River one where you've got to wait till like the you know second to last week of the season or whatever. Um which will kind of be interesting, you know, whoever wins that game, do you kind of put yourself on cruise control for the rest of the season or if you lose that game, do you think your hopes are just kind of completely out the window? I think regardless of who wins and loses that game, the the reaction, the response is going to be the most, you know, fun thing to watch out of that is what does that game do to both teams going forward? So, yeah, but I, I would have to think right now, Skyline would probably be the favorite to win that game just because it's so early, just because they're coming off a state championship game. I think that's probably um, just where they're at. But, you know, I think Blackfoot thinks they, they can win because the week one they're playing – Oh man, what the the five A school? Playing, uh, Thunder Ridge. Thunder Ridge, and yeah. they think they could win that game, and they think they are you know could win that game, and so that that might be a nice tone setter for them. Is right out of the gates, they have two unreal teams that they're going to be playing within the first you know four weeks of ball. So that's going to be um, really kind of interesting to see you know what they do in those first four or five weeks. Because realistically, if they go undefeated through that. I mean, there's a chance they're like, what, top two, top three in the polls? Yeah. Maybe one. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, that's a statement right there if you can kind of run that gauntlet. Yeah, and they and then, I mean, they play Snake River in the third yeah. week of the season. That's, yeah. you know, the rivalry game. And I guess as it relates back to District 5, I'm really disappointed that Blackfoot and Pocatello could not meet because I think that would be such an intriguing matchup. Um, yeah, no, it would be because you've got – two teams who are realistically believe they're on the come up. You know, these are teams that have not, not struggled the past, you know, three or four years, but they haven't been, you know, in the competition for a state championship. And I think both of them believe that in the next three or four years, that's where they're going to be at. So it'd be a real litmus test for both schools to be like, okay, you know, we've got Hunter Killian against Bowen Robinson and we've got, you know, Javante King against like, you know, Reich and Echo Hawk and Ryan Payne and, and kind of go mano a mano to see, you know, where it is. The one thing I will say is I think Blackfoot's uh, line is a little bit bigger than Pocatello's. How that would, you know, fare in a game and, you know, where, you know, what that, that does with the skill positions, the overall, I don't know. But I, I think that's the one edge that I, I would think Blackfoot has over Pocatello just early. Yeah, and that, and that brings me to a bigger point of, the, and this might be wishful thinking on my part, but you see, you see, uh, districts five and six combine for five A football, 
I mean, why can't they do that for four, a football? I mean, you've got Pocatello century and Preston that are kind of stuck in their own three team league. I mean, wouldn't it be easy to, to combine with the five teams that are in district six and have an eight team conference? I mean, the schedule is pretty much taken care of. Um, you have better representation in terms of state, but I don't know. How realistic is that? Um, not super because, <laughs> you know, you, you look at a lot. I mean, right when I got here, I remember people telling me like crazy, like, uh, do you realize that district six kicked us out? And that was like one of their big things is like, you know, district five almost feels like, you know, the school century Pocatello um, Preston feel like they're like better than, you know, athletically at most sports than most schools in district six. And I, I would, you know, have to kind of do a revisionist history on it. I haven't you know looked at the full thing, but it was one of those things where, you know, they wanted to be a part of that, at least the district five schools and were kind of told no, or, you know, we don't really want you here. But, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, during basketball season, during track season, during wrestling season, all the District 5 coaches, you know, kind of keep tabs on, like, what District 6 is doing and be like, could we beat them? Are we better than them? And do this thing where it's like they they have a little fun being like, you know, if we were still in District 6, you see how many people we'd have and blah, 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 all that stuff. And so, I don't know, there's a lot of politics to it that I, I don't really, you know, quite understand and don't don't fully grasp but yeah that is a thing where district five is really not happy that they're in this three-team conference because you look at the you know boys basketball season when you've got three of the top what six seven eight schools in the entire state and you get one into the tournament and then it affects you know smaller sports too wrestling there were a lot of guys from century who thought that you know or coaches at century who thought they should be getting you know, two guys per weight class to the state tournament. But because you're in a, for actually for wrestling, there was no Preston wrestling team. So, or no, uh, no, there was, there was. So it was, I think, yeah, there, yeah, there was, yeah, there was Preston, yeah. So three, you're only getting one per weight class. Right. It was tennis that there's no Preston tennis team. And so, you know, Century and Pocatello just played a district tournament and it was just like whoever won went to state and they're both coaches were like this is so dumb like we couldn't we really can't you know get more more schools and get more people to state but i think that's really where it comes down to is like you know everyone looks at like the college football playoff and the march madness of like people like to judge those things based upon how many teams per conference get in and it's one of those things where it's like you know district five believes that they have far more schools that would qualify if they had the slots for it. And so, you know, you might understand that, that more of the politics of it, but I think there's a, they can realign next year. That's right. Cause it's a two year cycle. Yep. Um, but it didn't sound like, you know, from anyone I've talked to, it doesn't sound like it's, you know, going to happen. Perhaps it's wishful thinking. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it is on my part and it, it is, it's so weird um, because we talked about at five, a yeah, Highland, yeah. District five school is part of that high country conference district five and six, but it's almost like we were told, like, it's almost like we have to include you because otherwise you're a one team league and that just doesn't work. It's, yeah. but like, I bet if you ask the coaches in Idaho falls, they'd be a lot happier if Highland wasn't in their conference because they're oh. such a good program and a tough opponent. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it, I know it'd be interesting to see how that would shake out with the, uh, 
with the state births. Like if you lose Highland, do you lose a state birth or I don't know. I don't know how it would work. I mean, you could do a whole thing where you realign all these conferences and make it much smarter. The one thing I always kind of am baffled by is that like 1A D2 and 1A D1 aren't combined and then split, you know, geog geographically. Like there's times like Grace and Chalice are in the same conference. And so for conference games, they're going and driving four and a half, five hours. You're like, there's got to be a better way to do this. So, yeah. yeah, it is. It, it gets it gets tough, and in in District Five especially, there's so many small um, leagues that it's yeah. it's really hard. Yeah, um, yeah. And then last point on the on the District Five District Six thing, it's it's so weird. There's like every year, and I'm sure you notice this from ha- publishing them in the paper, but there's like multiple all conference lists, right? Oh. There's the there's the there's the High Country Conference all conference list, which is the 5A and 4A schools in District 6, but then they have to do a separate, oh, here's the uh, 5A District 5 and 6 all-conference list that includes all of the Highland players that, it's just, it's so weird to me, but. Yeah, some of those, I I don't, I have trouble putting much validity into some of the the all-conference lists, you know, when it's three or four schools for like basketball, like, it's like practically every starter for every team is making this list. It's like, do we really, you know, is this the best way of doing things? And so, you know, I think that's where like the all state and all area and and stuff like that is a little better of a gauge to see, you know, who is really the best player in this area or this state um, for that thing. Cause yeah, like you're saying those all conference lists, I mean, there's 10 million of them. You can't really sift through them all. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, every conference does it their own way and it's, there's no uniform standards across the board. Yeah. So anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll solve all the problems of uh, (laughs) district five athletics in another time. Let's, let's wrap up with century. You visited diamondbacks camp. They've got a new head coach, Logan Horrocks. Uh, What's he like? I mean, he's a young, energetic dude. I mean, that's the one thing. The interesting part was, so he came from Jerome where he was the defensive coordinator and, you know, talking with the Jerome head coach at Sid Gamble's like Logan is just this defensive wizard knows how to game plan is going to watch, you know, 18 hours of film every day to, you know, game plan and get a good scheme for that week's opponent. And when Logan came in, he decided that, you know, he couldn't do that and properly be a head coach. He couldn't spend so much time on a defense and then also, take on all the responsibility of the head coach and know everything about his team. So like he said, one of the hardest things for him when he got the century job was almost taking a step back and handing the reins of his defense to a defensive coordinator and a guy who had already previously been on the staff and understood the, you know, the skill sets of a lot of those defensive guys. And so now, you know, you see him at practice and he's able to, you know, kind of roam around and he's able to kind of have a grasp on what every position group is doing. And that's going to be, I mean, it's an interesting thing. I think a lot of coaches aren't that um, humble or, or willing to, you know, kind of step back like that. A lot of them will be gung ho and trying to, you know, go a million miles an hour to make sure that they had their hands on every part of the defense to be their defense. And instead it's going to be a little bit of a hybrid of, you know, what the previous staff did and a little bit of a hybrid of what, Logan likes to do in terms of his defense. So that's going to be interesting to see how it works out. And really, um, you know, the thing with Century is you go to their practice and they have like 65 kids, like in the whole program. They don't have much depth. 
And so it's very imperative that they kind of get the buy-in and every, and from what it sounds like they have, I mean, they said their summer weight programs were, you know, some of the best Logan was at times, you know, back in twin falls. And so players like, you know, Brew and Fleischman were leading it and they were, you know, 6am. All right, here's the taxi, have an attendance thing. And you know, 50 guys would show up out of like 65 person program. And so that all that stuff's encouraging, but you know, they play a week zero game. That's going to be an early indicator of how good they are against Minico. Thing is, um, Logan was at Jerome for all those years, played Minico plenty. I think in the last Jerome Minico game, uh, Jerome gave up uh, three points to them. So, I mean, he, he kind of has their number, but he doesn't have the same weapons that he did there. So that's going to be, you know, kind of fun to watch. It's like, Oh, you know, can this be replicated at a different school, all this game planning and stuff so that that's going to be fun to watch. And then, you know, obviously where they stack in the district is kind of another conversation. A lot of people I think would put them right now at preseason that they're going to finish third in the conference. And that's, you know, they have a first year head coach. They lost a lot of talent realistically. I mean, it's, you know, some of the, the returning guys, you've got, you know, a couple on defense, but, you know, Keen Romreal quarterback and Bruin Fleischman at wide receiver. Other than that, you know, a lot of the team doesn't, you know, you're not going to recognize many of them. So a lot of people are counting them out, and I, I, they seem pretty happy about that. They're like, oh, we'll be the underdogs. So, yeah, well, I don't know. what have, uh, You've talked to him. What are your impressions? Yeah, I like him. I, I think he's yeah. got a good good football mind. I, th- I think he is going to be a good fit at Century. It's just a matter of getting those players. So like yeah. you said, there's a lot of unknowns. There, there are a lot of guys that are going to be playing varsity for the first time yeah. this year. And how they develop and how they play will go a long way. There's just too many unknowns. But as you mentioned, we're going to find out pretty quick yeah. because they do play Minico on Friday night. So yep. not too far from now. We are actually going to broadcast that game on Ooh. IdahoSports.com. Oh, we'll be there we'll, as the journal, so I'll see you there then. Yeah, so so uh, so it won't be me. It'll be uh, Paul Kingsbury and Scott okay. Burton will be broadcasting. But I will I will definitely be tuned in watching to see how century does and to see it because because minico is the favorite over there in their conference yeah. this year so yeah interesting. are you guys are you going or broadcasting the rocky mountain highland on saturday or no no so we uh we will not be able to do that game either but that is uh, i was going to transition into that uh that is on saturday, saturday. and that's going to be a fantastic matchup as well uh yeah. two teams that played each other in the playoffs last year what do you what do you think uh, of this matchup? I, I feel like Highland has more players returning. So I think they have to be favored there, but Rocky Mountain's always so tough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a ton about Rocky Mountain other than they're the defending state champions. You know, Highland lost a lot, but like you said, you know, they still return a ton of starters and return a lot of experience. They're also, you know, playing you know, three minutes away. Instead of, you know, a long drive, you never know how that kind of factors into things. I don't know. I don't know if I can handicap it of what the the line would be per se. But, yeah, it's going to be, you know, because I think we just had to fill out like the media poll. Like most people are going to have Rocky in their top three for no other reason that they won the the whole thing last year. And so it'll be, you know, I I had Highland at five. I think, you know, others could could have put him at six or seven or four or whatever. And realistically however that game goes it's just gonna flip-flop like whatever they do is is gonna be um it, i mean pretty good indicator right away but you know highland's got such a tough schedule you got rocky mountain 
you got Rigby. Yeah, you know, Thunder Ridge is expected to be better. Um, I don't know. How would you – do you think Highland's the, the favorite for that one? In the Rigby game? No, 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 in the Rocky Mountain. Oh, in the Rocky Mountain game. Yeah, uh, I do. I, I do wow. think that they wow. are the favorite. I, I think they – they should win that game because they have more returning varsity sure. starters and playmakers. Rocky, Rocky Mountain, uh, this will be a developing trend in the next several years. They lost a lot of their players to Hawaii, the brand new high school that also opened in the West Ada District. Oh. Not, ne- not necessarily guys that were going to be starters, but guys that were going to be depth. And so they don't have that depth that they used to have. And I think you will see a gradual transition of Rocky has been head and shoulders above everybody else. I think they're going to come back toward the pack as more and more of these players get funneled over to Hawaii high, the new high school over there. Interesting. I know that's a a big thing here is when century came into existence and I think it was 99 um, Pocatello, a lot of their, their players started to funnel into century and the years where they were winning state championships every year, it started, you know, the talent gap started to kind of even out a little bit. So perhaps that's the same thing. I did not know about that, but that makes uh, makes things a little more intriguing, I guess, for Saturday. Yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of fun to, to check that out as well. You, uh, I, I did notice on the Idaho State Journal website, uh, you do have your season preview for Highland up on yes. the site. I, I got a chance to read that. I thought that was well done. Real quick, I wanted to talk about another article that you wrote recently as well uh, regarding James Bodily from North yes. Gym. And the, I mean, if you have not seen James Bodily play any any sport, really, uh, basketball or baseball. He's a tremendous talent in both, but uh, tell our audience a little bit about what that article was about. Basically James Bodily was this, I mean, unreal basketball player at one AD two North gym, a small school in Bancroft that, you know, if they're lucky gets like 50 to 60 kids in the whole school. So, I mean, James was so good that he was averaging like 22.6 rebounds and playing like one half. I mean, we really thought that we were going to put him as our, you know, all area player of the year. And, and we ended up giving it to a, a Preston guy just because, you know, he was <laughs> incredible for that team. And was, they were able to go pretty far in the state tournament. But James is this, you know, 6'3", long, rangy kid with handles that are just, I mean, his basketball skills are not what a 1A D2 kid should be. He knows how to blow by kids. He understands how to use space and dribble and, you know, has moves where he can do step backs and, you know, reverses and just pretty, he can do whatever he wants on a basketball court. He can dunk no problem at the District 5 All-Star game. You were there. I mean, he's just throwing down windmill dunks and, you know, coaches are just like, who is this guy? Like, oh, you know, yeah, this guy could probably start on like any team in the whole state. Then you go to baseball season. He's one of the best pitchers for a Marsh Valley team that went 25-0, and a Marsh Valley Legion team that just won the regional uh, single A Legion championship. He also was hitting like almost 500. He had the second highest batting average on the, the high school team in the state tournament. He scored like, I think he set a record or something. He scored like 90 points in the state tournament game. And in their opening game, I believe he had 25 points in a half. I mean, it, it was just incredible, but you would think he's the, the prototypical guy that goes a college picks up and they love it. You know, an under-the-radar kid that, you know, they see his film, no one else does, and all of a sudden he blossoms. I don't know if he's – he's probably not like a Mountain West kid, but I thought he had big sky talent. I definitely thought he was good enough to go to any Juco in the country, and no one wanted him. No one wants it. Like, it's just baffling to me, and 
what he was saying and what coaches have said is they don't believe the talent at 1AD2 is like indicative of anything. So they're like, oh, this is great. You know, this guy can you know score 25 points and do all this stuff, but who's he playing against? I was like, I, I just think, you know, you you and me have seen him in person. It's like, it doesn't matter who he's playing against. Like, these are skills that can translate to any level. Like, very few kids, I don't care if you're playing against a third grader, understand how to, you know, do a step back and, you know, knock down a three like you're Kevin Durant, then on another position, blow past the screen and then dunk the ball. It's like, I don't care who you're playing against at that point. And so, yeah, he had no offers, you know, schooled. I understand the whole COVID thing. A lot of kids, seniors got their year of eligibility back. So you've got these plenty of fifth year seniors. Schools don't know how many scholarships they have, blah, 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 blah. The transfer portal is also, you know, making things tougher when you've got 10 million kids trying to switch schools. And so, I mean, there's, you know, reasons to understand why it could be tough for a kid like James Bodley to go under recruited, but there's still, I mean, there's still people from this area who I think are better than him or that he's better than that are getting signed places. And I, I just take that as the thing that coaches, you know, college coaches aren't doing their due diligence and are, you know, really trying to project that they're not seeing him in person. They're just looking at who he's playing against and not who he is as a player. Um, it's just, I mean, for a guy who, really likes watching like and have talked to James like I think he's a great player great kid it's it's almost just baffling to me that he's didn't sign and you know now he's decided to, to kind of go on an LDS mission so in two years this whole thing's going to start back up again you know coaches are going to be looking at his film wondering who he played against and eventually some guy's going to sign him and be like yep glad we did that so yeah it's it's frustrating though um, and I'm not even a coach or I've talked to him one time and I'm like this it doesn't make sense yeah, there's definitely a small school bias there. And, you know, yeah. we hear we hear the platitudes all the time. Oh, well, if you're good enough, you'll get noticed. It doesn't matter where you go to school. That's that's not true. It just yeah. simply isn't true. And the small schools uh, get the short end of the stick when it comes to that, which then forces those parents to spend lots of money to send their kids to all of these camps. Yeah. And, exposure events and and not every family can uh, can afford to do that or time wise travel wise or or money wise and well, the other that. thing too with with him is you know so you look at last summer it's not like he could go to anything covid shut it down and this year he just wants to play baseball and yeah. so it's like he's being punished because he's you know doing different things it's just it's so frustrating yeah it's just i don't know it's almost like common sense if you're if you're a yeah. coach and you think you like his skills Bring him in for a workout. Bring yeah. him in against your yeah. players that are currently on your team and see how he does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. But yeah, because it's it's one of those things where I think if he played at a 4A or 5A school, he'd be at a big sky, big sky institution pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't prove that, but I'd be like, oh, that, that yeah. would just make sense to me. And it's it's kind of annoying because you look at another guy like, uh, I don't know, you've seen him like Bridger Hatch at North Jim. He's just like such a fun dude to watch. And, you know, I don't know what his, his college, how his game translates to college, but it definitely, you know, is worthy of a look, at least from colleges. And I'm not sure about his recruitment and know he's gone to a couple camps, but you know, that's another guy where it'll be interesting. Another guy from North gem to see how his recruitment kind of plays out. 
Yeah. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year yeah. uh, in football and basketball again, for sure. It'll be a yeah. lot of fun. But I, yeah. I really like that article and I, Thank everybody you. should go ch- check it out at IdahoStateJournal.com because it was really well written. What, uh, what do you got in the works for this upcoming week? We're going to be uh, cranking out previews. We've got Century and Pocatello in the works. Um, our preview section will be out in the paper next Friday. We got to go take the picture today with, you know, some some different high school athletes. So we're going to be working on that. And then, you know, this Friday we're going to drive to Minico and go check out Logan Horrocks' first game at Century. And then Saturday it's the big Rocky Mountain Highland game at Holt. So um, busy week for sure. Yeah, it is that time of year. And, and ISU Athletics uh, have started. The yeah, women's soccer yeah. team yep. plays their first game tomorrow. So, yeah, busy yep. time. Uh, thanks for uh, being with us again. Jordan Cave from the Idaho State Journal here on the Southeast Idaho PrepCast. We'll be here each and every week talking about the biggest stories from District 5. We'll really get into high school sports action here yeah. starting this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep, definitely. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you back here next week on the Southeast Idaho PrepCast from Idaho Sports.